Hello everybody, welcome to the Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. I am your host, James Chen. I almost said James MF Chen, but I'm just going to leave it as James Chen. And uh, you are watching the Chen Reaction where I talk about all sorts of things going on in the fighting game community. And today, we are actually going to be talking about something kind of important over here. This is uh, really interesting. If you guys remember on the Chen Reaction, for two episodes actually, I talked a lot about the netcode... Uh, I'm sorry... Uh, Patch, not patch, the netcode mod by Altimore. And he created a mod, and that actually improved everybody's Street Fighter V experience if you had the mod installed. So if you had a mod to mod, you know, two people with mods playing against each other, the netcode was fantastic. And I've experienced this myself, and it's been wonderful. I've had some of the best Street Fighter V online sessions that I've ever had. It's been fantastic. Now, uh, the problem with it was is if you played against somebody who didn't have the mod, and on PS4 it was impossible to mod, so anytime you played from a P PC with the mod to a PS4, you were ruining the other person's experience, right? You were ruining their experience because the, the it would be fixed on your end, not on their end, and the way the fix worked really kind of um, janked up the opponent's match so that they would see all the shifting and all the, all the jumping and, and warping and teleporting all over the place. And so the mod has been kind of... Um, controversial to say the least because some people do not have any empathy for anyone else and they're going to play with the mod to make sure that their games are perfect they don't care what it does to other people other people like myself and david will only play against people who have the mod etc etc but it definitely made the net code better and it was great now the question was how was capcom going to react to that right we weren't sure how capcom was going to react to this and uh, the only thing we got was from Ono, who tweeted out, we have grasped the situation. And that's all he tweeted out. And that's very vague to say the least. But at least I said that he acknowledged it. He kind of put the hook on the Capcom that he's acknowledged it. And even though it was vague, we know what he was talking about. And in my opinion, if they didn't fix the netcode or if they released a patch that banned Altimore's patch then uh, people would have the absolute right to riot against Capcom because that's terrible. And like I said, Ono's clearly already mentioned that they know about it. Now, a lot of people were like pessimistic about it. Capcom's not going to fix it, etc., etc., etc. However, uh, the patch for Seth, Champion Edition, which was due to come out tomorrow, which is actually out literally right now. It just came out as I started this show. So hopefully I'll be able to mess with Seth tomorrow or something like that, but we'll see. Um, uh, the patch just came out, and with the patch, Ono tweeted out, We hope everyone is excited for the release of Seth and Street Fighter V Champion Edition this Friday. The team is working hard and wants to let SF5 players know that we'll be making adjustments to the game's netcode soon. We'll share more details later. Thanks for the support. What? <laughs> oh no. Said that they are making adjustments to the game's netcode. Like, he just straight up said it. And so, now a lot of people are like, are, does this mean that they're fixing it? Are they actually fixing you? Yep, it only took four years, but does this mean they're actually fixing it, right? Now, some people, yeah, just like right now in the chat, are joking that the adjustments means blocking the netcode patch or something, maybe. I, like, if that's what happens, then, like I said, we all have the right to riot against Capcom. But I just want to say that I even said in those original episodes that Capcom has to acknowledge it, that they, I feel like their hand is forced into doing something. However, not to expect it. And the earliest I said that we would ever see that kind of a patch from Capcom would be about with the release of Champion Edition in February. And guess what? Look at this. It might be one week later because Ono then tweeted afterwards like literally three hours later Thank you for the positive responses on our netcode announcement. Many players are asking about the timing for this, so I can share that the netcode update will happen next week after the server maintenance. For this week, 
Please enjoy the release of SFVC and Seth on Friday. So he is saying that whatever adjustment they're making the netcode is happening next week. So, you know, uh, this is exciting news. This is exciting news if this is actually a fix to the netcode that will also be applied to PS4. And again, people have asked me, do you think that that'll also get to the PS... Of course! Like, it, it's, it would be absolutely impossible for them to release it only on the PC and not the PS4. Like, honestly, if this is actually a netcode fix and they only release it on one platform, that is just the most irresponsible thing humanly imaginable. And then we, again, we have a right to riot. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he means that this is going to be the whole entire thing. <laughs> we are not switching to delay-based netcode. <laughs> oh, God. Ver, ver Fortisio. Don't, ver, ver Fortiso. Don't make such jokes. <laughs> don't make some jokes um but yes that's the hope is that you know for what Burstark is saying that hopefully the fix will be enough that the mod becomes obsolete that is kind of what we want to do and if that is indeed what is happening next week this is exciting wonderful great news yes it only took four years yes it took forever but you know what I like I said don't look a gift horse in the mouth be happy that anything is being released at all. Hopefully it works. Hopefully it fixes everything from every platform communicating with each other and makes it. Because right now there's two mods out there, right? There's Altimore's patch uh, mod, and then there's another mod, and they've been kind of fighting with each other on who, which one people are using, etc., etc. And this will also actually fix... Uh, I mean, if you really think that this is uh, Street Fighter V's final year, CP, CP3, I've got, uh, I've got a bridge to sell you. So I really wouldn't expect Street Fighter VI until 2022 or 2023, to be honest with you. That's just how I really honestly feel. I have no hopes for Street Fighter V coming any uh, Street Fighter VI coming next year. I really doubt it. I really doubt it. Because um, uh, we haven't heard anything about it yet. We haven't heard anything about it. Uh, however... I do want to, and you know what? I'm speaking of this, and speaking of Chen Stradamus here, you know, Chen Stradamus trying to predict when Street Fighter VI was going to come out. Let me tell you something, dude. I even said that Capcom's hand was going to be forced, and that the patch probably wouldn't even come out until Seth, because it's going to take a while. So it's good. That's probably the earliest that it'll come out. And if it comes out next week and it does fix all the problems, I mean, come on. <laughs> I think I know a little bit about how companies are run, how software is developed, etc., etc., how companies react to things. I think I've been pretty on point with my predictions uh, on all the stuff that's been going on. So, you know, we can all just sit here and hope that this netcode will fix all the problems but this is the latest step the latest news in these uh in this netcode situation now if it does fix the problem i think man it's going to so much is going to change and it's perfect timing too because they've got the olympic stuff coming up the qualifiers are going to be online only etc etc these are things that i feel like they have to fix you know, before that. Otherwise, the Olympics and the online qualifiers for the Capcom Cup, etc., etc., are all going to be considered kind of a joke, right? They're not going to have any credence. People aren't going to take the results seriously at all. So right now, yeah, what Shay is saying is that uh, Street Fighter V, this is a great time to play it now. Um, yeah, I would imagine Street Fighter VI news maybe being announced at EVO. In 2021 or something like that so um uh yeah i mean honestly this is what i said this is why i felt like their hand was forced that they had to do a fix that they had to do something right and that yeah it's like anime lover said they did fix the issues with mvci mvci already works so you know, I mean, they already had kind of a, a proper solution to that however mvci never really quite got the Actually, you know what? No, yeah, it was definitely working well there. 
So um, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's another question from Say No to Weebs is like, how is Street Fighter 6? Is it going to be funded by Sony again? So is it going to be a Sony slash PC exclusive again like next time? But again, this is something I don't even want to think about. I don't want to worry about. I think Street Fighter 5 has hit a wonderful position. And if Capcom was smart, they wouldn't be announcing Street Fighter 6 for a while so that Street Fighter 5 can kind of ride this good wave for a while. Um... Like I said, if this netcode patch next week fixes a lot of stuff, oh man, I'm going to be so happy and I'm going to be playing Street Fighter V online all the time. Like, I've wanted to play uh, more learn to fight sessions, but it's just I don't feel like I can teach anything when I'm playing because it's so hard to take seriously and play properly. But when the net, if the netcode makes it better, even on the PS4, you, I'm going in so, so hard. So, um... There you go. But uh, they they announced that Street Fighter V has sold 4.1 million units so far. And again, that's not a lot, to be honest with you. It's pretty low for the potential that I feel like that that game had. And obviously the, the terrible launch, the root kits, the, the overall negativity towards the game has hurt it. So I feel like Champion Edition with a fixed netcode and with the game playing so well right now i mean the game is an absolute blast to play right now uh i feel like that's a big big deal and i feel like uh that could actually help their sales a lot if you get streamers actually talking about how much they love the netcode all of a sudden so there's a lot of good news coming in in the realm of street fighter 5 i think that's really exciting uh i'm eager to see what that's going to be i'm also eager to test out seth who like i said just came out and i'm sure a lot of people are watching streams of people messing with seth right now but um yeah, I mean, that's really all I had to say about that Street Fighter V netcode is that it's coming out. Did want to keep this Chen reaction a little bit short. I'll be switching to the Ask Jay Chenzor portion where we talk about, you know, where we just ask questions and people can AMA me any, uh, you know, just ask me whatever the heck they want about any topics and stuff coming up right after this. But uh, also uh, after this is going to be after that q a section is going to be episode two of first attack so if you are watching this on youtube right now and you really want to check out first attack that should be up on youtube already uh there will be two episodes of first attack coming out from this week one on the neutral and one on a supplemental episode on choosing characters etc etc so uh definitely want to check those out i'm teaching all about fighting games and neutral is one of the hardest things to learn in fighting games so i'm going to try my best to explain the neutral it's going to be like a three four episode arc on just the neutral and talking about how you want to look at the neutral how you want to approach the neutral and such like that and if you guys do appreciate that content if you guys are enjoying that content please consider subscribing to twitch.tv slash jchenzor here at the chenzor dynasty you can see i have 125 subs down there i'm halfway to um i mean it says out of 200 but really my goal is to get to about 250 subs by the end uh, by the end of june by halfway through the year that's kind of the goal i want to see if i can do this i'm going to do this by consistently streaming by consistently bringing you guys content and continuing with the first attack and playing games with viewers online and doing all sorts of stuff like that so should be a lot of uh, good content coming your way uh, throughout the year. So if you guys have the Amazon Prime sub or just donations and bits, gift subs, those kind of things, always appreciated. Thank you very much. But for those of you here on Twitch, stick around. We're going to enter the Ask Jay Chenzor section of today's stream. And for those of you on YouTube who want to watch the Ask Jay Chenzor stuff, check that out. Should also be here on YouTube. And then also check out the first attack stuff that I'm going to be doing later on today as well. I'm going to be talking all about the neutral. You don't definitely don't want to miss that. I'm introducing a new concept during these things called Jay Chenzor axioms, which are basically you know statements that... If anything you get out of the episodes, those are the concepts that need to stick with you in your head as you learn. So I'll give you the core things that you need to pay attention to. So, But thanks guys for tuning in for the Chen Reaction. A little short episode here about the Street Fighter V stuff. We're going to be doing Ask Jay Chenzer after this on Twitch. Don't go anywhere. And thank you for tuning in. Be right back.
Hello everybody, welcome back to the Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. We are doing the Ask J Chenzor portion of the stream right now. It'll probably be a little bit of shorter Ask J Chenzor section because we are also doing First Attack later on today where I'm going to be teaching you all about the neutral game. It's going to be the first episode in a series of episodes where I teach you guys how to think, what your goals are, how you want to uh, play the, the neutral game. And, and and what you're you know basically how to handle one of the most important aspects of fighting games neutral is pretty much one of the most important things it's everything to fighting games so that's something you definitely want to pay attention to but right now we are in the ask Jay Chenzor portion of the stream uh, I know that Seth is out and I know a lot of people are playing with Seth right now so thank you guys for tuning in and hanging out over here and watching uh, I'm probably, like I said, not going to do this for very long because I know a lot of people probably really want to get to the first attack portion of the stream. But if you guys have any questions or anything, uh, please let me know uh, if you guys have any questions for me to talk about. And uh, we can talk about a little bit more about the Street Fighter V netcode. If you want to ask me a question, type at jchenzor in there. If you guys don't have any questions at all and just want me to go into first attack right now, maybe I'll do that as well if enough people just say, you know what, just do first attack now. So, <laughs> uh, But if you guys have any questions, uh, let me know. Let me know. Um, I, there's some weird comments in this Twitch chat right now. What the heck is even going on over here? Um, but, um, yeah, uh, obviously the Street Fighter V netcode thing is very exciting. And uh, uh, they did release uh, some patch notes. And looking at these patch notes, it looks like it's a lot of bug fixes and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of the central axis kind of thing, right? So on the backdash, character's central axis now remains stationary during the first and second frames. What a lot of people are uh, wondering about this, like, what the heck does this mean? What the heck does this mean? It probably means that um, when they started the backdash, they're not going to move backwards in their first or second frame of the backdash. So you can't use the backdash to escape, for example, command throws that were supposed to throw at a, you know, that are supposed to catch you before you can backdash. Like, in, you know, and you'll start the backdash and you get caught. But if the person can actually backdash in the first two frames and move backwards a little bit, they'll actually shove themselves outside of the command throw range. So maybe there were just some setups where the command throw wouldn't work if the opponent backdashed that they feel like it should work at that point, point in time. Uh, Cobalt Scythe actually asked me uh, what, 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 how optimistic am I about the netcode patch. I'm decently optimistic because uh, they already have a blueprint from Altimore's patch which works fantastically so far. Obviously there are fringe cases and I hope they fix those things as well but anything is better than what we have right now. I mean seriously if they improve it even just a little I mean that's good. I'm fine. I'm not satisfied with that. Obviously I'd want a lot more than that but uh, God anything is better than what we have right now. Uh, Andy Hagendaz Scoops Hagendaz asks Hey, James, I recently started playing MVC2, and I really love the music. I'm curious what you remember the reaction being to the music. Everybody hated it at first because we were like, what the hell is this? Like, we didn't get a lot of the cool, like, you know, uh, crazy theme songs and everything. And uh, and it was just this weird jazzy music. And gonna take you for a ride. Da -da 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 was, like, made fun of, like, endlessly. Like, people trolled on that song forever. Over time, I think it's kind of ingrained in, uh, in self into people's hearts. And people do enjoy the music a little bit more now. I, frankly, really like the music in MVZ2. I like the jazzy music. The you know, I really like that. So, um, I don't know what you mean, Toshin, when you say SF fixes too late in the cycle, or are you just saying that the netcode patch is too late? Do you think it's well? I mean, yeah. <laughs> The Street Fighter V could have been a lot bigger if they had it uh, since the beginning, like the input fix and all this other stuff. But again, Street Fighter V has just been a case study in how not to successfully launch a product for four years. 
and uh, at this point in time, I'm just happy that it is improving. I'm just happy that they are fixing it this far into it because, like I said, there are so many shoulda, coulda, wouldas with Street Fighter V. At this point in time, I, you know what? I'm thank you for doing anything. Like, at this point, I've told Capcom people forever. I was just like, keep fixing small things as we go. If you keep doing that, you're going to make people happy. And they and they just didn't do it. But now they're finally, they always try to do something big. Like, here's the story mode. Here's this crazy arcade. Like, if they just fix Birdie's chain so it didn't clip through himself. If they've just tweaked Ken's face a little bit. Or, you know, things like that. Like, I, you just do enough of these little things and people are happy. Like, they're going to be happy as you keep doing small things for them. Obviously, the netcode is not a small thing. It's a big thing. But, you know, uh, they just, as long as they keep doing good things, that makes me happy. And again, I'm more of an optimistic person. So I'm just super stoked to see that potentially they have a fixed netcode. Uh, Kite Music says, what do you find to be the hardest subject to teach players who are new to fighting games? Uh, probably um, neutral is probably one of the hardest things to teach people. But honestly, one of the hardest things to teach people about fighting games is just fighting games in general because nobody's ever really tried to do this before. I've tried to do this numerous times in First Attack. I've rebooted the series like three times and uh, each time hasn't really stuck more than the others. So I'm hoping that this one, this way really works. But all the other ones that I've done have been haphazard. I've just jumped in, gave this general concept and then just moved on and just did random things. This time, this is actually like a full syllabus that keeps building on top of each other. So the things that I teach you become important later on. So I'm hoping this will be a lot more successful in terms of teaching people. People, but that's the hardest part about teaching people fighting games is no one's done it. No one knows how to do this yet. We've all tried. Gutex has tried. Pat the Flip has tried. And everybody has had these different ways of trying to teach people. I'm not saying they didn't work. All of them have been successful in their own way for a lot of people. But we're still trying to invent the wheel here when it comes to teaching fighting games because fighting games is such a difficult... Fighting games are such a difficult thing to play because so much of it is not direct answers. So much of the game is psychological, which is why I really wanted to establish very early on that fighting games are a two-player game, that you're always at this battle of wits with somebody else because the one of the main key takeaways from the first episode, and if I had come up with the Jay Chensler axioms back then is that there is no right answer would have been one of the main axioms from there is that you don't want to think that there is a solution to a problem in fighting games. There's never a solution to a problem in fighting games because as long as the opponent is adapting, they can take your solution and turn it into a bait, right? No matter what, if I do a meaty, you can wake up uppercut. If you can wake up uppercut, I can beat, bait out the DP. If you bait out the DP, I can throw you. And then if you try to throw me, I can shimmy. If you try to shimmy, I try to low forward you. If I can low forward, etc., etc. The whole idea is that if anything was too good, it would be banned because everybody would use it and you can't beat it. And if there was always an answer to it, then it's not actually a valid strategy. If there's always a way to get out of a situation, that situation is actually 100% invalid. There's just no point of using it if there's always one solution to escape it, right? So if you come up with a mix-up, for example, that, you know, hits overhead or, I'm sorry, that, that like, you know, uh, that you try to punch somebody or go for a like demon flip throw but crouch beats both of them then there's not actually a mix-up then it's not a real thing right there's one answer to it if there's one answer to a problem that thing is completely useless so you know that's kind of the mindset that I want to try to get everybody into uh, do I think the future looks bright for the future of fighting game netcode now that Jap Japan Japanese developments are more aware of the situation? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so because as long as they're more aware of it, now this can actually get them into thinking about it because they just haven't been thinking about it because the netcode hasn't been bad for Japan because their infrastructure is so good. But they... The thing about it is, there's a lot more people in the United States than in Japan. <laughs> there's a lot more people. And so actually the bulk of sales for a lot of Japanese games are actually 
actually in America. So they're focusing on trying to sell games in America a lot of the times. Well, if that's the case, then they need to focus the netcode there. And now that they're starting to become more aware of it, like Arxis with all of the... Um, the uh, surveys that people have been taking at all the locations. I mean, if you go to the American side, I think they're, I mean, I think the American answers are like probably all talking about netcode. Well, Japan probably doesn't care as much, right? But if they're concentrating on targeting the American audiences for selling their game and they see so many people in America saying netcode is important, rollback is important, that's something that they have to think about now. And that's definitely something that they actually had to have to deal with, right? That's something that you you have to fix so that's that's really important as well uh, Kadawa asks how can I unlearn bad habits that I learned from older different games I played SF2 since 1991 and I instinctively play every fighter like it was SF2 piano inputs are just memory muscle memory for instance uh, Kadawa that's just something you just have to get good at you just have to be able to get good at switching games that's a talent all in its own some players are amazing at it some people like me are awful at it I went from uh, playing MK9 to playing MVC3 and I kept hitting the block button to block which would make me launch people and I was just like oh god you know uh, it, was, it was really rough but that's just a talent that you have to learn and why guys like me and David have always talked about how the Street Fighter community has kind of gotten good at that because every version of Street Fighter is different like in Alpha 3 you throw by hitting two punches not the two light ones so if you're just used to throwing that way you're going to be throwing the wrong way etc etc uh, it, it, that just comes with practice and, and the ability to unwire your muscle memory. But the more different games you play, the easier it becomes for you to swap your brain around into different things because you get more practice chunking your muscle memory into different categories. This is my Soul Calibur muscle memory. This is my Tekken muscle memory. This is my Street Fighter muscle memory. This is my Unist muscle memory. And uh, that actually works out uh, a little bit the more you do it. Uh, one of the best ways to practice it, honestly, is to play as many fighting games as you can. Just play as many fighting games as you can and see if you can get good at uh, transitioning between them quickly. Uh, it's one of the hardest things to do, for sure. Uh, Glowman asks, what is rollback? So the different kinds of netcodes that exist are delay-based netcode and rollback netcode. The way that uh, they work is that if two players are playing and they get desynced because of packet loss or whatever, blah, 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 network technical terms, if two matches get synced and one game thinks it's at this time and another game, it, the other guy is lagging behind and thinks it's at this time, what happens is the player who's ahead will all of a sudden pause. So when you hit a button, nothing will actually happen and it'll wait till the opponent catches up and when the opponent catches up, then it decides, then it lets your input rock. So on net, on delay-based network uh, games, when the connection is really bad, you'll hit a button and you just wait and then your move comes out. That's why it's delay-based. It delays your inputs to be able to play when the opponent catches up, right? And that's, you'll see the game slow down all of a sudden to try to let this person catch up. And so what happens is, is it messes up your timing. If someone misses an uppercut and you need to hit them when they land, you're going to miss. You're going to try to whiff punish someone who hits a button. By the time you see it swing and hit the button, if you were offline, it would have whiff punished them. But with delay net base net code, the game is going to wait. The guy's going to finish whiffing. And then your move's going to come out and it's too late and it's very hard to play. You have to adjust to this delay, right? A lot of fighting games that are made in Japan, if you go to training mode they have a network option in which you can simulate bad netcode if you switch that up you'll see what the delay based netcode is you'll just see that every time you press a button something comes out later the way rollback network co code works is that if two people are trying to go up like this at the same time and they're desynced what will happen is that they'll actually try to sync people up by They'll let your game play out a little bit, but your inputs input here at this time will always be at this time. And when the opponent catches up to you, basically, it'll take your inputs and realize there's a desync. Go backwards to the last time that you two were synced. Find the save state that which you two were actually synced and play the inputs out as if you hit them at that time. 
and then the game will roll back and reset itself to what's supposed to happen, right? That's why when you see bad rollback netcode, you'll see people teleport because on your machine, you thought they were holding forward, but it actually turns out they started walking backwards. So they'll walk forward and then when the rollback catches up, they'll teleport and start walking backwards. Now, if this is poorly implemented like Street Fighter V, you're gonna see those teleports all over the place. If you have rollback properly implemented and it's constantly syncing, then you're basically not gonna see any change at all. The reason why this is advantage is because then the timing that you hit everything is the actual timing. Your combo timing isn't gonna change. If you have a one frame link, that one frame link timing isn't gonna change. You're gonna still do the one frame link timing whether or not there's a spike or a delay or anything like that, so it feels smoother. Visually, it's not as smooth if the netcode is bad. However, if you play games like Killer Instinct or Skullgirls, you will see what it's like when you have a proper rollback netcode implemented, and it's very smooth and it's wonderful. So that's that's the kind that's that's the difference between rollback and a delay-based netcode. Uh, why is the DMV so awful? Ask Proud Soul. <laughs> oh, God. The reason why it's awful is because it's a government-run service. That's why. It's not a privately-owned service. Anything that's a government-run service like that, like the post office, is going to be terrible because, like, there's there's just no impetus, like... You have to use it. Like, you, you have to use it. And so people are lazy. I don't know. It's just they're not going to push you to do things, etc., etc. But it's that's just the way it is. And plus, another thing is it doesn't always have to be awful. My DMV is particularly bad because I'm in Santa Monica. And Santa Monica is a big city, lots of people, and there's one DMV. And everybody needs to go use that DMV. So, like, I can't even walk in, walk out in half an hour and make it out of there because, like, 50,000 thousand people need to use the DMV every day in Santa Monica it seems like I got there at nine in the morning when the damn place opened up and the line was all the way around the block the line was all the way around the block oh they made a lot of changes yeah I'll go through the patch notes maybe I'll go through the patch notes if I have time after the first attacks are done maybe I'll actually just jump in and mess with Seth afterwards if I can finish the first attacks quick enough um you have to go to the DMV next month, Drunken Mana. <laughs> Good luck. Well, I mean, like I said, it depends on where you live, right? If you live in a smaller city, that's not as terrible. If you live anywhere in, like, the Los Angeles area where there's, like, seven bazillion people who need to use the DMV, this is a problem. So hopefully it will work with you. Um... So with good rollback, it's possible for one player to finish the game first. Not really, uh, because it'll always reset kind of the situation. And when it does the reset, it tries to catch people up. So if it's, if, if it's properly implemented, the two of you will not be off sync very often. It'll reset you to the right idea of what's supposed to be happening. So when it resets you to the right idea, it kind of resyncs you guys together. So you should guys always be at the same time. Uh, with poorly implemented rollback, we've seen this in HDR when it first came out. There is a possibility that the two games become completely desynced and they go on two different paths and one person will get a KO in theirs and the other one doesn't and this kid keeps going and this guy starts wondering why the other guy's playing like a weirdo and like they're not playing right and weird things have happened with poorly implemented rollback netcode so again rollback netcode is not a silver bullet it's not a magic fix all option you have to implement it properly and there's a lot of bugs that can go with it however now that the code is actually freeware under the MIT license provided by Tom and Tony Cannon but provided by Tony Cannon um, they're the example of the actual code is out there so you can go off of a lot of what they've written you probably implement it yourself and stuff, but they'll have handled a lot of the uh, outs, the fringe cases, right? I've explained this to people in a previous Ask J. Chenzor is that when you code, 90% of your code probably is not going to get executed because 90% of the code that you're writing is like error checking. Okay, maybe not 90%. That's probably an exaggeration, like 50% of your code. A lot of your code you're going to write are error checks that you're hoping never get run, right? But that's the thing. That's how you write code. You write code to do this. But in order for this to work properly, you have to make sure everything you put into it is correct, 
right? So you got to do all these checks. Is this number a negative number? Is this number a zero? Did he pass me a letter instead of a number? Did he do this? Does this information even pliable, you know, interpretable, etc., etc.? You got to write all this error checking code, right? And the code that Tom and Tony, that Tony has on available on GitHub right now, probably has most of that error checking. He's probably run into a lot of those cases that most people implementing rollback netcode won't have thought of. So if they just take that code, look at it, use it as a basis, they'll see a lot of the logic that Tony has already implemented into GGPO. So they don't have to go through finding all the same bugs that Tony already found in the fringe cases. And so they'll be able to just put it in there and handle a lot of the situations already. That's the advantage of having Tony Cannon put out the code already. That's very, very nice. Bulletproofing code. That is exactly what that is, Platinodom. That is exactly what that is. So. Um, yeah, appointments barely save you time, right? Uh, I just surround the entire code with one try catch block and boom, done. Uh, so honestly, uh, modern coding with the try catch blocks and stuff like that, you can get away with some of that stuff, but I know you're just trolling Nuticon because that's not the way you're supposed to do things, but I trust me, I've seen code that does stuff like that, basically. Uh, oh shoot, I do have a scrolling lobby message. This lobby message should not even be here. This, this, sorry, do not pay attention. That was when I was doing my Grand Blue uh, stream. So, uh, rate the cakes from yesterday, James. Uh, I had only the red velvet cake, which was good, and I had the carrot cake, which was better. So I like the carrot cake better. However, all the cakes are in my fridge right now, so I'll be able to eat a lot more of the cakes and find out what they taste like. Um, it's, it's pretty nuts because usually when you bring free cake to places, like people just eat the, the hell out of this, but they didn't. So I've got caramel cake, I've got a red velvet cake, I've got chocolate, I got a little bit of carrot left, etc. And then Kitty's entire cake is there too, so. Kitty's entire cake is in the fridge, but I don't want to bring that out because that's a little more tenuous and stuff like that. So uh, Kitty's cake is actually still in my fridge as well. Um, so Olaf, Kitty, and I will be eating a lot of cake in the next few days. <laughs> oh, man. So if code.status equals shit, netcode.make good problem solved. Yep, there you go. <laughs> There you go. What are your thoughts on Marvel vs. Capcom 2 being the main game at EVO? Being a main game at EVO? Uh, it's not a main game. It's just an exhibition. But I like it. I really, really want... I've, I've wanted them for years to do retro games, right? To bring back something completely out of the blue just for fun. Because everybody goes to EVO. And so when you have a, a side game like that, a lot of people will end up entering it, right? Like if you just say, hey... We're going to run Street Fighter EX2. You're going to see a lot of people who played EX2 come out of the woodwork and compete in that. And I think that would be sick to see. I want to see some Volcano Rosso strategies. You know, Volcano Rosso is kind of busted, to be honest with you. But it would be awesome to see a bunch of EX2 players. Or if they just did, like, some random rival schools. Or Vampire Savior. If they just did a retro Vampire Savior thing. I think that would be really, really sick. I think that would be really cool. And I'd be down with that. I would definitely be down with that. So... <laughs> hey Jen, I've got plenty of cake. If I mail it to you, I don't think it would taste very good by the time you get it, dude. <laughs> just, just saying, it's probably not going to taste very good. So, who do I think will win Marvel 2 at EVO? Uh, probably Justin, but he might be a little uh, rusty on it because he did lose the chaos in an exhibition at Combo Breaker, but it was an exhibition that Justin didn't really want to play. Like, they made it a Macharino goal and j without really Justin's approval, I think is what I heard. And so he played it just because he's a homie to Arturo and stuff like that. But Justin is probably going to be practicing the game a lot more. Uh, so he'll be more on point at this time. But Chaos is going to be someone who's really in there because he's been playing and he hasn't stopped playing. So Chaos, if he can win one of the uh, qualifiers, will be very, very dangerous. Uh, obviously, Yipes and Sanford haven't stopped playing, so they're going to be very dangerous as well. 
my dream is that Clockwork makes it in. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, but I hope he can win NCR so that Clockwork can actually get into the exhibition because I really want Clockwork. Because who doesn't want Clockwork to be in the tournament, dude? Who doesn't want? Clockwork is the best, dude. Clockwork is the best. That's right. Duck hasn't stopped playing either. He's been, he was playing at Super Arcade. In fact, he was playing with Chaos a lot. So uh, that'll be really, really cool. Uh, can we see Dive Kick again? Sure. I mean, if there's a Dive Kick scene out there and they want to build it up again, uh, that's the way it works. If you have a community and you promote it enough and you can get more people to play it, that's what happens. I mean, look at Sailor Moon S, right? Like, people want to make jokes about, like, oh, who's playing Dive Kick? Who's play Dude, the Sailor Moon S community has done some amazing work getting people to play their game and having that become some sort of, like resurgence like the game is busted as hell and yet sailor moon s is like played as a side tournament like at every event like it's been a long time fighting game that people love it's crazy i i don't even <laughs> that's weird uh parasite winning best picture is awesome by the way because foreign pictures should have won a long time ago crouching tiger hidden dragon should have won the year that it was nominated it was clearly the best movie out of all those five movies At gladiator beating crouching tiger hidden dragon what what like, are you serious? At this point in time, people remember Crouching Tiger. They don't remember Gladiator. At least I don't think that they re people remember Gladiator as much anymore. They think the only thing they remember is, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and his thumbs down at this point in time. But uh, I think it's awesome. Should have happened long, long ago. Kurosawa, Fellini, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people should have won best pictures for a lot of the movies that they made. This is a great precedent to be set to have a foreign picture win best movie because foreign people are making some of the best cinema that exists out there right now. So if we can actually get these people to uh, have finally win a best picture, that means it's not something hard. It's not impossible anymore. And maybe more Academy members will actually consider leaning that way. And I think that's fantastic. I haven't seen Parasite. I really want to. I haven't had a chance yet. I heard it's getting picked up by the Criterion Collection. So maybe when it comes out on DVD, I'm sure my brother, I'm Blu-ray, I'm sure my brother will buy it, and hopefully I can just borrow it and watch it then, so, uh, as a fellow Asian, I'm sorry to disagree, Gladiator is much better than Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, you have lost your Asian card, Zetsubo Rich, no, I'm just kidding, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that there's that, I mean, I watched Gladiator, and I was just like, ah, huh. I mean, Gladiator felt like a serious version of A Knight's Tale, Right, except it didn't have the classic rock. In a weird way, I enjoyed Knight's Tale more than I enjoyed Gladiator. But uh, Crouching Tiger, I mean, gosh, when you watch modern martial arts films and all the like, or just any modern fight scenes from martial artists, there's just cuts and like, there's great videos out there that show bad editing between two people who clearly can't fight and they cut on the hits and everything. So you see a reaction and all this stuff like that. Then you watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, honestly. Uh, the fight scene between Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Ziyi alone deserved best picture of the year. That scene is the most beautiful scene ever because the fight, there's no cuts. The fights are long. It's super choreographed. They had that overhead shot where they're fighting each other. You can s clearly see the staff like bending when she's like swinging it at the high speed and everything. It's such a beautiful scene. That fight scene is so good. And it's just, oh God, like that scene alone just like makes the movie. And it's just, it's such a beautifully shot movie. And it's just got a lot of really good themes in there too, because it, it is kind of a commentary on how women are perceived and treated in the, you know, in the ancient Chinese kind of uh, society. And, you know, trying to take a modern look at it. You've got the three women, one rebellious woman who's trying really hard to make something out of herself. Another one who's just reside, you know, who's just basically said, you know what? I'm just going to be who I need to be. Michelle Yeoh, whose character, she's obviously a good fighter, but she's never been allowed to do that because she's a woman, etc., etc. And then you've got the the bad guy who Tsung Pei Pei plays. And, uh, you know, she's evil and she's kind of gone bad because of that. And that's where Zhang Ziyi's character is starting to head towards. So she's being pulled in these two directions. It's just, it's just a really good commentary on society, on Chinese society, with the fact that it's beautiful 
beautifully shot and then it just has some of the best martial arts scenes ever so it's just it's really freaking good um uh, hero is okay i have a problem i have a political problem with hero hero is a great movie but what a lot of people don't realize is that hero is kind of propaganda it was funded by the chinese government and it's a little bit of propaganda because the main emperor that you know that jet lee's character is trying to kill in hero is a real human in chinese history and has been known as one of the greatest tyrants in china even though he unified China, he did it by killing a lot of people, a lot of children and stuff like that. So he's actually kind of, to some people's eyes, considered the Hitler of China. And so that movie was supposed to be, here's this guy, and here's all these people who want to stop him. But then, you know what? For the greater good, for the greater good, we must let him live and unite China under this one singular regime. So while the movie was beautiful and shot well, a lot of cool scenes and everything like that, I had problems with the message and the subject and the way that they handled that kind of thing. And it's it's that part is a little touchy to me. So that part is hard. That part is a little bit of tough for me uh, on watching that. What do I think of the It Mom movies? I've only seen like two of them. I think I've seen one in three <laughs> somehow. Uh, the first one obviously was very good. Three was just very typical Chinese melodrama martial arts movie. So uh, it's kind of interesting. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Vampire was one. Of, it was the first game with EX moves. That is correct, Max Deuce. Uh, Demon Cradle. I mean, that's basically what it is, right? It's the mad cradle, and he has the mad drill. And then when he dashes, he gets the sideways uppercut. That's the demon. He, it's weird that Seth, they gave him Dimitri moves. They gave him, uh, what did they say? Was it Dio or one of the other JoJo characters' moves? The with the punches, and he gets Makoto moves. Like, they, they gave him moves from all the fighting games, which is really like aware on their part and really really interesting mike tyson's in part three i saw that one i saw that one the mike tyson fight was actually pretty cool i like the fact that they actually didn't let like there was no clear winner of that fight i think that was actually cool best jojo part i have never watched jojo so uh olaf has always been really disappointed in me that i have not watched a lot of anime and he joked to me he's like what you've seen like maybe one anime per decade of your life and i was like maybe less <laughs> maybe less because uh to be honest with you i have watched if you count it the american robotech Way back in the 80s, when they brought Macross as Robotech and they tied three stories that had nothing to do with each other is one story. By the way, that Robotech cartoon traumatized me because it was one of the first things that you ever saw the good guys die. And I swear that traumatized the hell out of me seeing good guys die. I was like, what? Ah! And like I cried about it for days and I was just like, maybe there's not really dead. Maybe there's... And I came up with all these theories that they were still alive and stuff like that. I've seen that. I've only seen the first season of Attack on Titan, and I've seen the first season of High Score Girl. That's it. That's my anime series watching. Okay, no, actually not true. I've seen Death Note now. I watched all of Death Note as well. So yeah, I've seen four. So there, yeah, that's right. There's just one per one per decade. Then <laughs> there you go. I've seen one anime per decade. That's actually how it works. So. Uh, yes, High School Girls Season 2 in April. Thank God, finally. Thank you, finally, finally. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, JoJo is definitely one of the big ones, for sure. And I totally get that. I totally, I totally get that. So, <laughs> I know a lot of people talk about anime a lot. So, um, yeah, I know I watch Robotech. <laughs> to be in love. Oh, God. Uh, anyways, um... Yeah, but that's uh, that's my anime history. So, uh, Transformers the movie, I guess that kind of counts. Uh, God, Transformers the movie, yeah, that that traumatized me as well. God, that's so funny because like I think that's why you mentioned it because that hella traumatized me. And uh, like I just love the fact that the Hasbro was like, we didn't think kids cared that much, but that just shows you how much effect it had that Bob Budiansky had on the entire Transformers series 
by writing the personality files and giving them backstories and stuff like that. You just ran into your favorite guys. You liked Grumpy Gears or you liked Kooky Wheeljack or you liked Old Man Ironhide or you liked, you know, uh, Braun, you know, Macho Braun or you were a fan of evil conniving blackmailing Soundwave or traitorous Starscream, you know. The personalities were so good and that's why to this day Transformers is still so loved because it gave all the characters human personalities, which is why the Michael Bay movies suck because they didn't do anything with the Transformer personalities. Anyways, um, so uh, don't get me started on the Michael Bay Transformer movies. I can talk about why those movies suck for longer than the movies actually last. And those movies take a long time. Maybe I'll do an Uncensored one day where I just talk about why the first Transformers movie is so goddamn shitty by Michael Bay. It is seriously the worst freaking movie ever, dude. Oh, God, I hate that movie so much. Uh, I haven't finished, like I said, I've only done the first season of, K, uh, of Attack on Titan KLB. I've only done the first one, so. Yeah, I've heard Bumblebee is watchable. I haven't watched it yet, uh, but I've heard it's actually pretty decent, but that's because it's not made by Michael Bay. <laughs> what a surprise, Michael Bay is a hack. Anyways, um, okay. Uh, that's it for now for the uh, Ask J Transfer section. I'm going to jump over to First Attack. Again, for those of you guys watching here on Twitch.tv, there's actually going to be two episodes of First Attack. I'm going to do the neutral episode first, which is the one I promised, but there's a supplemental episode that I really wanted to get out there as well in terms of selecting your character, how to pick a character in a fighting game. It's just going to be a much shorter episode, so I'm going to do two episodes back-to-back and it's going to look weird. There's not going to be much of a break in between, etc., etc. But that's the goal right now. So what I'm going to do is when I come back here, I'm going to run some ads. And then uh, when I come back, there's going to be the episode on the neutral for first attack. And you definitely don't want to miss that because of the part one of like a four-part series on neutral, which is the most important aspect of fighting games. So definitely check that out and uh, stay tuned for that. Immediately followed by another shorter first attack about choosing your characters, followed by the Q&A section about the first attack episode. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you can find those first attack episodes right now on the uh, right now on YouTube. So just go look for those first attack. There's a playlist for all the first attack episodes there as well. But uh, in the meantime, if you guys are enjoying this content and shout out to Back Logathon for the host, I know you go, you were waiting for this to start. But uh, if you are enjoying this content, if you like the stuff that I'm doing here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, subscriptions and donations and everything are appreciated. I was at 125 subscribers at the start of the stream. It's now dropped to 125, 123 because that's the way subscriptions work. It's a very tough game. But if you guys are down to help subscribe, much appreciated. Uh, bits, donations, gift subs, all those things like that. All very much appreciated. Thank you guys for watching some Ask J. Chenzor. For those of you on Twitch, stick around. For those that are on YouTube, thank you guys for watching. And uh, let me know what your favorite anime was in the comments below. Something that you feel like I should watch that I will probably never get to. But just let me know what you think, what your favorite anime that James Chen should watch at some point in time is. But, uh... Uh, be sure to like and subscribe this video as well, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.